At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Josh, I'm going to put on my fortune teller's turban and my cape. I want you to meet Madame Redundo. How are you? How are you? Would you like to see into the future, young Josh? I would love to see into the future, or you can take me in the past and give me uh, Biff Tannen's Almanac uh, from back in the day. Maybe that's how we can make some money. You've confused me to no end, young Josh. I'm going to try to take you into the future now with your futures bets. I predict that the future, this is my prediction, the future, the future, remember this, the future lies ahead of you. Take that with you. Pay me $49.95 on your credit card. We continue, as you will know, this in the future. You are going to do the everything guide. You don't get bad acting like that anywhere else but on a podcast at this time of day. Ron Flatter and Josh Applebaum with you. You ever take advantage or get taken advantage of by a fortune teller? Well, what's funny, Ron, uh, because they were talking about futures, win totals, bets that you're going to place now and hopefully cash well toward the future is uh, I lived in Salem, Massachusetts with my girlfriend. And uh, we got a lot of weirdos there, a lot of crazy fortune tellers, witches, a lot of witchcraft and... uh, we did get a free fortune teller reading. I don't know if it was true or not, but it was uh, definitely interesting, although it didn't help me with any of my sports bets, unfortunately. You don't know if it was true, so this is still something that's in the future. <laughs> well, she had a good idea of uh, my girlfriend and I with a bright future together, and we're still together, so I'll, I'll, con- I'll consider that a cash ticket right there. Oh, well, okay. How long ago was this? <laughs> uh, last year, so oh. uh, a year ago. So we're only a year in, but so far so good. All right, I won't pursue this any further. I'm afraid to hear what the answers might be. It would basically squelch all of our credibility now. All right, futures. We're playing on words here, and it is a futures bet that we're talking about. Futures betting. 
And as well as maybe a sidebar to it, it's a companion, win totals for various sports. So why don't we just go ahead and offer up basics, Josh, for those who might be among the uninitiated. What is a futures bet? Yeah, so Ron, this is a term you hear a lot, especially uh, you know on hashtag gambling Twitter or you hang out with your gambling friends. They'll say, I have a futures bet on this team or a futures ticket on that team or I bet a futures. So what does that mean? A futures bet is just basically a bet on an event uh, or a you know a personal award that's based long in the future. So instead of betting on you know a regular game for tonight, an individual game, you're betting on an outcome that won't be determined for months and months in advance. So you're placing a bet into the future on an outcome uh, that you got to wait on, obviously, and you got to have again patience to be able to place hmm. the bet and also uh, know that you're not going to get paid out for. Uh, quite a while here, but they offer a ton of value and really futures bets. You can consider them kind of a low risk, high reward uh, situation. You're usually getting a lot of big plus money odds. There's a lot of advantages and some disadvantages that we'll talk about as well. But really with a futures bet, you know, you're betting on a long-term event and it's considered a long-term investment. So you kind of do your homework, place it early. Uh, and we'll talk about all the different uh, most popular futures bets overall. Obviously think about who's going to win the Super Bowl, um, but then you got to wait it out. Hopefully a cash, but it's a bet into the future uh, that you place now and hopefully cash later. Okay, so Super Bowl's the obvious one. We hear about that all the time. Who's going to win the NCAA tournament? And I'm not talking about betting it in March. I'm talking about betting it, well, maybe as soon as the previous NCAA tournament ends. You can actually do that. But these are the ones we know about commonly, but it goes much beyond that. Yeah, there's so many different opportunities, Ron. And this is, again, why the futures market is really unique. It's really one of the only or the only betting market that is open 365 days a year. So it gives you the opportunity, no matter what time of year, to look ahead at the next sport or next event and try to place a good futures bet overall. So obviously we hit on the Super Bowl. That's the biggest one, Super Bowl futures. Uh, you know, they'll get they'll get put out early throughout the year. They'll be adjusted based on how the teams perform. Uh, but you can also look at uh, a ton of different options. You know, who's going to win the World Series, the NBA championship, the Stanley Cup. But then you can get into not just who's going to win championships, but odds to win each division or odds to win a conference. You know, you can also get into uh, will a team make the playoffs or not? Those are considered yes, no bets where you have different odds on yes or no. So that'll be another futures bet you could place. But then you get into kind of the personal awards market futures, which get mm -hmm. a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of hype and a lot of attention, especially public players and really recreational bettors love futures bets in general just because it's kind of exciting. And we'll talk about it in a bit. You don't want to just bet your favorite teams. You want to do your research. But uh, who will win the MVP? Who will win the Heisman Trophy? Uh, these are the sort of bets that get a lot of attention uh, and are available pretty much year round. Um, a lot of these you got to bet early on, but most of them are available all year long. And it gives you something to hang your hat on, to cheer for, throughout the entire season. If you make a futures bet on a team early on, if you're just in it for the action, you're just jonesing for a gamble, this is a good way to do it. You make one bet. If it's on baseball, you've got interest for probably the whole 162 games. Yeah, I think to me that's a big advantage. You know, obviously the goal is to you know get a 20 to 1 and hopefully cash that and make a ton of money. But to me there's an ancillary benefit, which is, you know, when you're betting on futures, in order to bet on futures, what are you doing? You know, not only are you more invested in the sport overall, but you're doing a lot of homework. You're using the offseason to study uh, how teams performed last year, adjustments that have been made, and looking at advanced analytics to try to identify a smart bet. So just in general, by looking to bet futures, what are you doing? You're studying the teams more closely. You're putting more time in. You're kind of doing, you know, your summer reading or your summer prep, getting into 
you know, getting ready for a, a big test. So it kind of just helps you in a way you don't even think. It allows you to kind of keep your finger on the pulse of the market, gives you a rooting interest all season long, but also affords you the opportunity to really be tied in to each team and kind of, uh, when you're looking at futures, you're kind of doing mini handicaps for every single team so that, you know, once you place your futures bet, you kind of have a leg up because you already spent a little bit of time researching these teams. Hopefully that just gives you a head start and gives you a benefit when you're placing regular bets once the season starts. One of the attractive qualities of futures betting is that pretty much any bet you make, and there are exceptions, you're going to get plus money. You're going to get multiple odds. And the dynamic is that the favorite will be bringing multiple odds because you're trying to predict so far into the future. And you have so many betting choices, for instance, if you're betting who will win a league championship. Certainly, if it's a division championship, fewer teams, you're more apt to see minus money on the favorite. But you're going to find plus money on favorites and pretty healthy plus money that you could be seeing odds of 5-1, to 6-1, to one, that a favorite will win a championship. But there's a reason for that, Josh. Exactly, Ron. And yeah, this is where we're getting kind of into the pros and cons of it all. So number one you like about futures is that you can get better payouts. You can get increased uh, benefits in, in terms of making money. So kind of uh, initially, if you're betting on maybe the Chiefs to win a game, you got to lay the juice, lay the 110 to win 100, you know, minus 110 standard juice. But, you know, if they're 6-1 to one to win the Super Bowl, you could risk 100, win 600, plus get the 100 that you risk back. So basically you're getting better odds and almost all of these prices are always uh, plus money prices overall. So that's something you got to uh, remember, which is a benefit. Um, also, you know, they're, they are harder. We have to say that, you know, 32 teams in the NFL, you place a futures bet, only one of them is going to cash. So, um, and you got to remember too, you know, the way the odds makers set these futures, typically what they're doing is, you know, they're going really heavily off of power ratings. So they're being able to rank and rate all the different teams, uh, in terms of a power rating. It's also how they create the lines overall, but that helps them to set the, uh, the futures prices, but Kind of they'll take what happened last year. You know, if you're a defending champion, usually you'll be at the top in terms of uh, a favorite for the to, to win the next uh, title, the next uh, season. Worst teams at the bottom. But also there'll be adjustments for off-season movement, coaching changes, injuries, strength of schedule really goes into it overall. And the books really have liability on those long shots, those 20-to-1s, those 30-to-1s, those 50-to-1s. You know, a team like the Chiefs, if they're the favorite to win the Super Bowl, maybe they're, you know, plus 300, plus 500, plus 600, yes, that's a plus money payout, uh, but books have less liability on that. It's those big long shots that they worry about, but overall with futures, getting that big plus money on kind of any team overall is very, very appealing. Indeed, bookmakers will build in a great deal more of a rake, the juice, the vig, the tax, if you will, on your bet in futures bets than they will on a standard game-to-game bet because of the liability. But that doesn't reduce the attractiveness necessarily on face value of the payoff you can get if you can win. But we'll get into that as we go deeper into the dive here. So in addition to that liability, you also have the question about when futures bets are made and how you start to monitor those odds because, let's face it, most futures bets are made in the off-season of the sport being bet on. Yeah, I think that's key, Ron, because, you know, timing is everything in life and in sports betting. And when you're going to get the most value for a lot of these futures is really during the offseason because prices usually start off as pretty big long shots. And then, you know, one thing I like to do is kind of, you know, with a notebook a notebook or a notepad or an Excel sheet or whatever, kind of monitor the lines movement. So you may have a team that opens 50 to 1, and if you had bet them to win the Super Bowl, 
during the off season in you know March, April, May, June, but then they do pretty well. And by the time the season starts, a couple weeks into the season, they went from you know 50 to one to now 30 to one. That's great. And you know you're you know basically uh, if you had identified that team early, you're really happy because you got a much better payout and you're kind of beating the closing line. So it can be a situation where early bird gets the worm. You want to try to jump on these early because typically. Uh, you want to beat the closing line. You'd really love to maximize your payout by jumping on it earlier. Um, and again, you know, monitoring this all season long, remembering that, you know, Super Bowl futures odds after every single week, they're update based on whether teams win, mm -hmm. lose, how they perform. Um, but And it always changes. But again, usually jumping on some early can really benefit you, you know, taking one or two big plus money payouts and even creating a hedging opportunity, Ron. Why is it that the public is more prone to moving the odds in a futures bet than it is maybe in a standard game bet? So I think it's important because, you know, when you're talking about futures, they are more recreational bets just by nature. You see a lot of, you know, I'm from Philadelphia. I'm a diehard uh, Eagles fan. I bet the Eagles to win the Super Bowl every single year. So you don't really want to do that. You know, you don't want to bet just based on favoritism and it being your favorite team overall. But the futures market is heavily public. Um, and really a lot of sharps kind of, uh, stay away from a lot of futures. You know, they do identify value, get down if they see an implied probability where they're getting, you know, an actionable, you know, plus we call plus EV plus expected value opportunity. But the one thing that kind of hurts a lot of, uh, pro betters, why they stay away from futures is that what we talked about a second ago, Ron house edge, you know, when mm -hmm. you're looking at a regular bet, you know, the house edge is usually about 5% which means, you know, for every dollar spent, you know, the book keeps about five cents. Uh, we talk about kind of the, the, the house edge overall based on that minus 110 juice. But for a lot of these futures, the house edge is way, way higher. They're really juiced up overall where the books, this is how they protect themselves from, right. uh, you know, from, from losing a ton of money if one of these big long shots cash. So, you know, the futures house edge is more like 20%, 25%. So for a lot of sharks- Or more. Or more. Ex yeah. Or more. Yeah. yeah, or more, Ron. You know, 40% is is mm -hmm. not totally unheard of. 50, you know, right. it, it gets higher and higher. And that's a reason why a lot of sharks don't maybe bet a ton of futures as much as the public, because the public just sees a plus 2,000 and wants to grab it and hopes that their team wins, you know, the World Series, where a pro says- yeah, that on the surface seems like a good payout, but that's way, way overpriced, and it's really not worth um, that value to place a bet. So just keep that in mind. That's one reason why it's more of a recreational bet than a pro bet. Yeah, and by the way, you don't just tip your favorite team just because it's your favorite team. If it stinks, you know, like my San Francisco Giants in the early 2020s, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not that stupid. All right, so you were talking about the numbers here in terms of uh, the VIG and what the house is looking for. But what about implied probability? Because as you look at these bets and you go into it, okay, you know there's a reason they're long shots, but how do you define implied probability for a futures bet? Yeah, so implied probability, that's kind of a word you hear a lot, and it's really important because basically you're looking at, you know, what are the chances of something actually taking place and actually happening? So what you can kind of do is take an implied probability uh, and then convert that and look at what the odds are and convert that into an implied probability. So, for example, you know, I, there's this uh, website I like. It's called like Ace Odds, Ace Odds Converter. It's kind of a go-to place, oh, yeah. place for me. Uh, and I like that resource, Ron, because what I can do is go there and plug in an odds number and it shoots out to me the implied probability. You know, if you're a really smart guy at math and 
you know, you can calculate this all on your own. You can calculate your own, but um, you know, I'm, I'm much, I'm not smart enough to do that on my own, Ron. So I use that old, uh, that old, that old calculator, which helps me. But kind of what it does is it'll convert the prices into implied probabilities. So for example, if you like a team uh, to maybe win their division, you could convert those odds into implied probability. And maybe the implied probability based on the odds is telling you, okay, a team has a 30% shot at winning, um, you know, their division overall, but they're priced at a 15% shot or a 20% shot. You're okay. basically getting a better implied probability than the price that's offering. So therefore that bet would have some value. You know, if there's a situation where a team only has a 25% shot, um, you know, but they're being priced at a completely different number, it's less advantageous to bet that line overall. So basically what you're doing is if I'm getting better odds than the chances of something happening, boom, that's that's a bet with value. If it's less, that's something you may want to lay off of. You can also hedge on these. And sometimes if you're carrying a hot hand, you go into the finals and you already have a team that you got at, say, 20 to 1, 25 to 1. It makes the finals of that sport the obvious hedge is to bet on the other team to guarantee yourself a profit. But that's not the only way. Yeah, tons of hedging opportunities. I think this is something that a lot of new bettors may not think about. You know, they get that futures ticket. They have, you know, the Arizona Cardinals at 35 to 1, and they're playing pretty well. And you say, man, I need them to win it all. And maybe they do well. Maybe they, maybe they make the playoffs. Maybe they make, you know, the final four. But then they lose in the NFC Championship. And you say, man, that sucks. I had a great ticket in a cash and I lost. But you got to kind of look at futures betting a different way. You got to look at it in terms of providing a hedging opportunity. You know, if you have that. Arizona Cardinals Super Bowl uh, ticket, you don't need them to win the Super Bowl. You just need them to make it long enough, deep enough into the playoffs where then it can create hedging opportunities. So if they make it to the final four, you can then say, okay, I, in my back pocket, if the Cardinals you know, win this game, win the next game, I'm standing to win a huge ton of money because I have this huge 35 to one. However, I don't have to just, you know, and again, hedging is all about do you want to let it ride or do you want to hedge? Do you want to bet mm -hmm. the other side to guarantee a profit? So this is a personal decision. It's all about uh, a long time ago. You know, Ron, someone told me hedging is for landscapers. Never hedge. Just let it ride, depending on how much you bet and how much you stand to win. <laughs> <laughs> but I always love it, Ron. Where'd you get that from Niles Crane? Betting is for landscapers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to open a landscaping business. Uh, once my betting career really, really takes oh, off, man. I can retire. And that's going to be my, my tagline. <laughs> hedging is for landscapers. Uh, but yeah, Ron, hedging opportunities. All you need is a team not to win at all, but to get deep enough to where you can start betting the other side to guarantee yourself a profit. And I know, uh, I know, Ron, the perfect example, and, and you're in Vegas. How about those Golden Knights back in their inaugural season in 1718? Can I tell you something? I actually hedged it going the other direction because the Golden Knights were 500 to 1. So if you took them into the Stanley Cup Finals, you had no excuse but to make a big profit on that by betting the Capitals on the other side. What I did, though, when the Capitals were down three games to two, I think I told this story on another episode, but forgive me if you're hearing them back to back. I was just coming back from having covered the Preakness in Maryland. I had just gotten back to where my betting apps were not geo-locked anymore in Nevada. And so as I was coming back from the airport, the Capitals were down three games to two in the Eastern Finals. And I thought, well, they're going home for game six. Yeah, game seven will be on the road. But I took my shot and I got them at something like 9 or 10 to 1 to win the Stanley Cup final, which they wound up doing. In the process of doing that, when the Capitals went up 
I think it was two games to one or whatever it was in the final. Then I bet on Vegas as my hedge to guarantee myself the profit. And a rather nice one. But the obvious one was absolutely the other way. If you grab that souvenir ticket in Las Vegas just to have that 500 to 1 play to say you bet on the team in its very first year. Yeah, you were probably pulling that thing out of the uh, picture frame just in case. Yeah, you uh, you hang that one up, you, you know, I mean, put on the refrigerator. That's that's a Hall of Fame type bet. But I think the, the process is the same. It's all about, you know, mm-hmm. looking for value, looking for an opportunity where you can bet the other side and guarantee yourself a profit. That's always a great thing, Ron. Um, and also, too, Ron, you know, betting Super Bowl odds. Is there a time of season? Obviously, yeah. you want to bet it early to get a good number. But, you know, there I, are yeah, some... I'm just going to ask you about yeah. that. I, because if you go into the season and... Where is the value in waiting? Because it's obvious to say, all right, if a team gets off to a 7-0 start, that's the way you bet, but the number's going to come down. You're going to look at maybe even minus money, certainly close to even money. The value that was there at the beginning of the season isn't there in the middle. But where do you find value betting in midseason for Super Bowls? Yeah, so I like to wait a little bit too. So even before you get into the regular season, you know, get it, get yourself through the preseason a little bit. I think that has some value because – if you miss out on those early, you know, late spring, early summer futures where the prices may have moved, okay, that, you know, kind of stinks. You couldn't get the best number. But if you've already missed the boat, I would kind of wait and, and look at some preseason games. That way you have the, the benefit of kind of seeing these teams play. You can assess the field. The other thing is injuries. You'd hate to see a star quarterback, oh, yeah. you know, tear his ACL in the third preseason game and you've already bet them to, you know, win the division or win the Super Bowl. And, you know, that can really, really hurt you overall. So, I think the importance there is, you know, waiting at least either bet it early if you didn't, you know, wait to get, you know, watch the preseason. But then throughout the season, you know, the benefit of watching teams, seeing how they mm-hmm. perform, you know, a great example, too, is kind of that buy low, sell high uh, contrarian mentality, Ron, is, you know, looking at when the Chiefs, when Patrick Mahomes, the one year they won the Super Bowl, you know, he gets hurt. And if you, a lot of people jump ship, you know, they had Matt Moore as the backup and you kind of didn't expect much of them overall. But if you could kind of wait, um, you know, and, and or actually, you know, jump on that early after a big injury, you can sometimes get a better number overall. But again, timing is everything, and that's the importance of uh, kind of anticipating and then having multiple outs and being able to shop around and get the best number. What's your feeling about betting multiple teams in futures? I like having a few teams in futures. That way, you know, if I have a couple, you know, 15 to 1s, 20 to 1s, to me it's a low-risk, high-reward. So number one, uh, you're, you don't have to pay too much uh, up front, and it could really benefit you later on. However, the one thing I would recommend here is that, um, you know, don't just bet all favorites because the public, you know, they're going to flock to uh, what they call, quote-unquote, sure things or guarantees. And there's no such wait, thing but as... Wait, hold on, wait, hold on, wait, stop. <laughs> what, what was that called again? <laughs> a lock, Ron. <laughs> a, sh- a sure thing? A sure thing. There's no sure really, things. There's, what? You mean you mean that that Nicolette Sheridan movie with uh, what's her name from the Melrose Place wasn't a sure thing? Do you remember that movie called The Sure Thing? Anyway, yeah, I'll leave you to that. No, no, Ron. <laughs> hey, that's so true, and I think that's something that if you're a new better, you need to realize up front when you're betting on sports. There's no such thing as a lock. Okay, I learned it a long time ago when I was in college, and my New England Patriots were going for an undefeated perfect season. And they were, what, a 12, 13-point favorite in the Super Bowl against the Giants. Mm-hmm. And they were going to crush them. And we're going to have uh, the first undefeated 19-0 season. And what happens? Uh, the G-men break my heart. It's David Tyree. So, 
whatever game you look at as an example, just remember in betting there is no sure thing. There's no such thing as a lock. Don't believe anyone who tells you anything is guaranteed because it's not. So as a result, take that into betting your futures. Don't just bet every favorite because you think they're a lock. You know, really there's not much value there overall. You're paying a big number. You're not getting a big payout and anything could happen. Injuries, a down year. So don't just flock to all the favorites. It's really these uh, you know, more moderate plus money payouts where you're going to find better value on. John Cusack. John Cusack was also in that film, The Sure Thing. Look it up. You'll, you'll really enjoy it. Uh, he said, moving on. Liquidity. All right. So if you're going to bet futures seriously, I don't mean to ask this from the point of view of, okay, how big a bankroll do you have to have? If you're a millionaire, you need more than somebody who's a wage earner. But what do you say in terms of liquidity would be a lesson to provide here? I think a lesson to provide in terms of liquidity and your bankroll and your bankroll management is just knowing that uh, you need to be properly funded or funded enough to the extent where if you're going to bet futures, they're not going to hurt you once you kind of get to the regular season. Because, you know, with, with futures, you're tying up your bankroll for a long period of time, months and months and months on end. So if you don't have much liquidity and you have a low bankroll, uh, you don't want to quote, you're, I don't want to call it wasting because maybe one of them hits and you do well, but you don't want to tie up all of your of your bankroll and all of your money on a few futures bet because what does that do? It then takes away the money and your liquidity needed to bet, you know, regular games, individual games throughout the course of the regular season. So just keep in mind, you know, a lot of these futures, you can love these numbers and these big payouts and kind of fall into the trap of betting a ton of them. Just remember, you know, don't want to tie up all your bankroll. Try to, you know, kind of limit your futures bets to the ones you think have the most value. And you'd hate to uh, have no money left over to bet during the regular season and then forfeit opportunities throughout the year. If you really believe in a team, not necessarily your team of your heart and of your youth, but of your bet on a futures play, how do you use that team then in the regular season, already having some personal liability on it? Yeah, so one opportunity is rolling over the money line. This is something that you will hear a lot if you really believe in a team, and oftentimes you can get better prices. So, um, you know, instead of betting a futures at maybe a, you know, let's say a plus 300, uh, you could then just roll over the money line throughout the, you know, at the tail end of the season into the playoffs. You saw it work out pretty well with the Tennessee Titans uh, in, in the 2019 playoffs. They beat the Pats. They beat uh, the Ravens. They didn't win. Uh, the futures bet, but if you had rolled over those dog prices into the playoffs, you would have made some good money overall. So basically you're betting them to win each game instead of betting them at a low futures price overall. Mm -hmm. So it's always, you know, what am I risking? What do I stand to win? If you really believe in a team, sometimes rolling over that money line game to game can give you a bigger payout than just betting a futures. All right, because we're in the media, we should always say beware of the media hype. <laughs> but in so doing, certain teams are public teams. Certain teams are media teams. I mean, you can't swing a dead cat without hitting a media member uh, who's going to tell you about the Dallas Cowboys and give you some drama that's going on in Big D. But in terms of these teams, that also gives you a reason to shop. It is so important, Ron. Shopping for the best line, having multiple outs. We hammer home this point on pretty much every episode of the Everything Guide on VSIN, and it's just so critical, especially with futures, because... Number one, a lot of these big public teams, they'll be overpriced. They, you know, their odds will be inflated, so you're not getting as big a payout because, you know, the odds makers know that, you know, these big teams will always get the majority of action, like the Cowboys, like the Chiefs now, uh, like the Ravens with Lamar Jackson. Uh, however, 
that still doesn't take away from the fact that the market isn't, you know, isn't uniform across the board. There are different books with different numbers. So even if you do like the Cowboys, maybe even if they're a little bit overvalued, they might be 18 to one at one book to win the, uh, the Super Bowl. They might be 20 to one at another, 25 to one at another. So no matter what you do, you know, once you've identified value on a team, don't just bet them for whatever futures you're betting at that one book. Shop around, get a better number. You can get a better price just by looking across the board and the different prices available to you. And always bet it, not at the most convenient book, easiest book to access, favorite book, quote unquote, but the book that gives you the biggest payout and the best number, and that could pad your winnings, hopefully, when you cash. Let's go from the general to the specific. We've told you a lot of the basics about futures betting. Let's get into a type of futures betting. Season win totals on the other side, here on the Everything Guide. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. The Everything Guide to Sports Betting VSIN podcast with Josh Applebaum. I'm Ron Flatter. Season win totals. There's been so much written about that, especially, Josh, since more and more states have adopted sports gambling in a legal sense. The media can jump onto that because it's a good signpost as a reference point to preview a season. It gives them something to quantify whether a team may be good or bad, and that's just to go ahead and take betters' opinions of it, or the so-called Vegas opinion, which is a misleading statement, but that's another show. All right, so season win totals. 
basically, there's a time to do it, and if it's the off-season, the time is now. <laughs> You're exactly right, Ron. And, yeah, season win totals give you a lot to chew on during the off-season. Uh, and bettors who are thirsty for action, you know, they have to wait until the regular season starts to bet on regular games. What can you do? You can bet some win totals during the off-season. So what is a win total? Basically, the odds makers are going to set a number of wins, projected wins for every team uh, throughout the regular season, and then you will be able to bet either the over or the under. So the New England Patriots this year, their over-under is 9.5. If you want to... In, 20, in 2020, in case you're not listening, <laughs> in 2020, by the way, yes. Exactly. If we still had Tom Brady, it'd be maybe 10.5, 11.5, Ron, but uh, sadly, no one's going to cry for a Pats fan like me. Um, but what's important here is 9.5 win total. What does that mean? If you think the Patriots can win 10 or more regular season games, you could bet the over. If you think they're going to win nine or fewer regular season games, you can bet the under. So with these win totals, it gives you a good benchmark uh, to kind of, you know, kind of create your own power ratings overall. Early power ratings are based on a lot of these win totals. You do have to wait until the end of the regular season to get paid out. So even if you take a, you know, an over six and a half and it cashes in week eight, you're not going to get your money immediately. Uh, at least that most books will have to wait it out overall. Um, but Ron, what are some, uh, you know, kind of factors to consider when you're betting win totals? Is there anything you place a lot of emphasis on? Well, you mentioned the Patriots in 2020 and to watch the pendulum go back and forth to see who their quarterback was going to be. Brady gone. Then it would look like Jared Stidham. Maybe they're coming out of the draft with him. Number went down. They signed Cam Newton. Number went up. So if you thought that before they signed Cam Newton they were going to get somebody, there was value in betting the Patriots, say, over 8.5 in that respect. That's one thing I'll look at. But beyond that, I think in an overall sense where maybe personnel will not be so transient is the schedule and also how that franchise is over the years as to whether you can trust it to be a winner. Those are huge factors to consider, Ron. So I always look at you know, win totals, number one, knowing that, okay, the public is going to lean overs with good teams. They're going to lean unders with bad teams, you know, kind of a uh, short memory span. What did you do for me lately? What did you do for me last year? So a lot of these, you know, winning teams, overs are overvalued. A lot of unders, um, you know, kind of basically buying low, selling high on bad teams to go over, good teams to go under, looking at some regression. That's important overall, knowing the odds makers, again, set these, these numbers with a little bit of public bias in mind. But those factors that we really lean on, Ron, strength of schedule. You know, easiest thing to do. This isn't, as always, the best way to do it. But just looking at the previous year, um, the opponents this year, how did they do last year? You can get a pretty easy number. You can get it updated based on uh, win totals. And, and you can actually look at odds for a lot of books for each game and go through, you know, how many how many games is a team favored in the upcoming year? So look at strength of schedule. Many, many ways to dice that up. I lean a lot on stability and instability, Ron, exactly what you mentioned. So talking about football or kind of any, uh, you know, any sport in general, you're leaning on teams with a lot of returning players, a lot of returning starters, a lot of stability in terms of the coaching staff, uh, the coach and the quarterback, the coach and the best player. You basically want to lean on teams who have been in the trenches together, who know each other, who have a system in place. And I always kind of want to bet against instability, teams who have a new coach or, you know, had a lot of injuries, uh, things like that. 
And of course, avoid that media hype and that media bias, Ron. Oh, yeah. Uh, remember when the Browns, you know, they got Odell the 2019, Beckham? And, yeah, the 2019 yeah. Cleveland Browns. They were the Super Bowl winners before in the offseason. They were the offseason Super Bowl champs. How'd that work out? <laughs> Not too well overall. So, again, you know, there's a lot of uh, hype that goes on during the offseason because you got to create content and create buzz. And uh, basically, the media will hype a, a team who won the draft or had all these big free agent right. additions. But Oftentimes, that's really overvalued and something you kind of want to uh, go against uh, just in general. But, um, Ron, another thing is like betting MLB win totals. Those are also very uh, popular. You see that in the NFL. Oh, sure. They're the biggest. But, you know, one thing I like to do is look at juiced up win totals across the market. When you see, you know, a team, doesn't matter what sport, uh, the win total might be the same, but is it being all juiced up across the board in multiple books? Tells me there's some sharp money over. Is it all juiced under? So, you know, uh, laying a minus 130, minus 120 on the under, every book's in unison, tells you there's some value on the under. But one thing in MLB is I like to go to some advanced analytics, like I look at fan graphs in baseball, and they have some projected wins that they do for each team. I'll compare those to the odds makers. And if, you know, FanDuel is projecting uh, one number much lower on uh, one team than another, then the odds makers are providing, let's say, uh, maybe the Pittsburgh Pirates are projected to win 75 games, but... You know, Fangraphs has them at 71 games. Boom, I like value on the under. So tons of ways to slice it, uh, but these win totals do provide a lot of uh, betting opportunities. You just got to know that you got to wait pretty long to cash them. When you're shopping for lines, and again, here we go with the shopping thing again, you want to shop for the best number, but you can also shop for middles. And the, that can be a trap to some degree, but if you look for a, a big enough sweet spot, a big middle, and basically we're talking about one book may set a win total, let's say in baseball with a team at 64, and another book may set that total at 69. Well, you can bet the over 64 and the under 69 and get yourself a pretty good fat middle in that particular case. Less likely to happen in football because there are fewer games. But what's your rule of thumb in terms of shopping for these numbers and shopping for middles? Yeah, so middles are always great. Number one, you just feel great when you can cash one. You kind of feel like you uh, you really crushed it and, and kind of aced the test overall. But um, I look for big discrepancies. Middling is all about discrepancies. If you see a very small discrepancy, there's really not much value to it overall. But if you can create a big, juicy middle where you have more opportunities to cash, that's something that I really look for. So, you know, again, that baseball example is great because you have that big middle where under 69, over 64, it could land anywhere 65 to 68 and you cash that um but also like the nfl you know it's a little bit walking a tightrope and sometimes you're paying yeah. a high juice and it can really uh it can really be tough but you know usually these win totals in the nfl are pretty even when you go book to book but just for example like the chicago bears you know it kind of tells you that the books didn't really know where it should be in terms of win total so i saw one book at over seven and a half wins regular season i saw another book under eight and a half Again, it's risky um, and, you know, may not be worth it if you're paying a big price overall. But if you took right. over seven and a half, under eight and a half, and lands on eight, boom, you cash both both bets. So it depends on your risk aversion. It depends on how bold you want to be. Right. But just letting you know that these opportunities are available, I think that's important. Yeah, you, it's very important to look at that juice because you don't want to be laying like 130 on each side of a short middle because you win one of them, but you're going to lose the VIG and as you'll never make a profit. So yep. that's part of the thing you have to look at is make sure, price it out, play it out in your mind how it could go in the three circumstances. You win one side of it, you win the other, or you middle. Well, actually, there's four circumstances. You could actually lose them both. I don't know how you could actually do that. But anyway, <laughs> somehow, you know, a pandemic, God forbid. So 
you look at those, flesh it out and say to yourself, okay, is it worth it? Make sure you play it out. Make Apply the math and see how it would go. All right, so what about in cases where it makes no sense? <laughs> well, this to me is uh, one of the earliest things I learned in betting. If something makes no sense, if it looks fishy, if it looks just completely off, uh, there's a reason behind it. So if it looks too good to be true, t- typically it is. You know, a good example would be the Detroit Lions win total uh, going into the 2020 season. In 2019, they went 3-12-1. Terrible year. Odds makers set the line at six and a half. You know, the public's hammering the under because if the team won three games last year, even if they improve six or less, I can still catch the under. But yet the over is juiced up in almost every book, the over six and a half, minus 115, minus 120, minus 121. So it's those situations where it makes no sense. And yet the market is all in unison. That really, really draws me in. And uh, again, being on the sharp side of every play is is my end game uh, as always. Um, I'll throw this to you, Ron, as well. Uh, are you familiar with the Pythagorean win percentage? And Oh, yeah. You had a note about that <laughs> I needed to ask you about. Thank you for reminding me about that. What What is that? I mean, I know A squared plus B squared equals C squared. That's my <laughs> Pythagoras knowledge. That's it. Eighth grade. Take me past that. So if you want to learn a little bit about sports betting and impress someone at pub trivia or whatever, Trivial Pursuit, uh, research Pythagorean win percentage. It's a formula that was derived by Bill James, the uh, MLB sabermetrics guy, uh, who really has kind of got the money ball theory and thinking going. But Pythagorean win percentage is basically looking at uh, last year, how lucky or unlucky did a team get? So it kind of looks at how many points you scored versus how many points you allowed. And basically, did you get lucky or unlucky? And that's a way to basically look at teams that overperformed and therefore would be due to regress the next year or teams that you know, maybe were even points scored, points against, but just got unlucky, lost all their close games, and had a losing record. So looking at that Pythagorean win percentage, points scored, points against, what should your record theoretically be versus what it actually was. So you kind of talk about like fumble luck, puck luck in hockey, turnover. Did every turnover just not go your way when typically uh, it's more of a 50-50 type thing? So you can kind of research that Pythagorean win percentage, look for teams that uh, got lucky and did well, and therefore would be a good candidate to bet against and kind of take that under next year versus teams that really were unlucky and should have should have done better and you expect a regression or a bounce back the next year. So Google Pythagorean win percentage when you get home, uh, home right. today, Ron. All right. I don't have to go far to do that. <laughs> so, all right. I, uh, I, I've got, just got a call from Madam Redundo uh, saying something to the effect that your faith in a healthy Matthew Stafford or lack thereof <laughs> Has her really worried about your future <laughs> thoughts with the Detroit Lions as we were going into the 2020 season recording this? If you're listening afterward, well, then you can tell me if Madame Redundo was correct. But just, you know, a thought a thought for the floor here as we close. No, that's totally true, Ron. Yeah, hopefully Madame Redundo is correct. But uh, again, remember, when you're betting on sports, you can always bet these individual game matchups. But hopefully today we taught you a little bit about what is a futures bet, how to attack futures bets, how to look for value, how to look at hedging opportunities, how to identify, you know, liability when it comes to win totals. Uh, and hopefully you lose, you, you basically you don't lose, Ron. Hopefully you use uh, totals and futures as kind of a way to pad your bankroll, a supplementary income. Uh, and hopefully in the long run, you cash a few and maybe that pads your bankroll a little bit, makes you a little more money. Hopefully you learned a few things today on the Visa and everything guide to sports betting. Yeah, no, no Freudian slips with that losing you're using. All right, there you go. All right, so we see into the future. We see winning tickets for you, we hope. 
as we continue. And you hopefully will continue listening to the Everything Guide to Sports Betting from VSIN. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 